tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. The Salt Covenant by Barbara Smith In a recent job training class that lasted several weeks, when participating in a split session, the trainees came up with two team names, Spicy and Salty. They produced these names because of the banter that had gone on within the group, the Spicy Ones being on fire with their quick comebacks, which were oft-times sarcasms, and the others being a little quieter and slower to respond and were perceived as a little grumpier, more conservative, withdrawn, and sometimes taking umbrage to what someone else had said. Keep in mind this was all being done through chat lines and Zoom calls because of the times of quarantine we were in. This was all in jest and for fun. The words were being used in a more contemporary or urban way, than the traditional way, where they would normally be referring to food products or spices. When the human element is involved, language is evolved, expressions are formed, and phrases are coined, just like this. Now traditionally, the actual meaning of salt by Webster is a crystalline compound, NaCl, that consists of sodium chloride is abundant in nature and is used specifically to season or preserve food or is used in industry. It is used to provide flavor to food or used as a preservative. It has also been used to denote hierarchy such as in seating people at the table. Webster indicates that the container of salt on the table would be in the middle ground where persons of lower estate would be seated below the salt and others of a higher rank would be seated above the salt. It also carries the connotation of adding something secretly such as to salt the files indicating that they have interspersed false information in amongst the truth. It can in turn be used for skepticism regarding a person or information when one would state, I take that with a grain of salt. However, someone who is very dependable might be referred to as the salt of the earth, or you could testify of them saying they are definitely worth their weight in salt. The tears that we cry taste salty to us because of the electrolytes in our bodies that assist in many areas including brain and muscle function. We know that often when runners are constantly on the go in the heat of the summer they are encouraged not only to drink a lot of water but also take in drinks that contain electrolytes to replenish what they have lost. This is for optimum performance 
and to prevent cramping and other issues that could arise. When babies are sick and constantly throwing up, they are given Pedialyte, which is a drink that has been designed just for babies because the milk at that moment is not all or what they need. They need to replenish the electrolytes in their bodies. Humans are complex creatures and salt is found in most of our fluids such as blood, sweat, and tears. This could possibly be where the expression originated from. For example, they were worth their weight in salt because they put their blood, sweat, and tears into every task. Salt is used to cure meats and to preserve foods. When I was a child, my best friend's father would hunt, bring home a deer, then they would cut it up into strips, salt it generously, and hang it to dry for weeks to make what we now call jerky. The salt prevents botulism from growing in the meat, thereby curing it. Salt is used to heal the human body as well. My mom always would tell us when we were kids, much to our chagrin, if we felt an ulcer in our mouths or had a sore throat, she would say, gargle with salt water, girls. Though salt is readily available now, it has not always been. It was a highly sought-after commodity and often used to pay people for their work, thus giving us the derivative word we now use as celery which again reminds us of the expression worth their weight in salt. Salt was used as trade. Many wars were fought over this valuable product and has come through a grueling process of thousands of years to make it to our tables in the form we now take for granted. Therefore, we should not scoff at our moms or grandmothers, so-called home remedies, when in fact they are priceless. You have heard the expression, I pinky promise. If you locked pinkies, it became a promise you will keep forever. It is more binding than just saying, I promise, and it is a serious vow. It has been used over the years to teach children that if they give their word, they should keep it. However, a covenant is a solemn promise with contingencies and or a promise by both parties in a binding agreement. If you do ABC, I will do XYZ. The word covenant, as defined by Webster's Dictionary, is a formal serious agreement or promise, such as a covenant with God or a covenant of marriage. A law, a formal written agreement between two or more people, businesses, countries, etc. For example, an international covenant on human rights, or the restrictive covenants of the building development that prohibits the construction of buildings over 30 feet tall, for instance. It is a solemn and binding agreement. It is a pact. It is a written agreement or promise usually under seal between two or more parties, especially for, a, especially for the performance of an action. What then is a salt covenant. In the Old Testament, all the tribes of Israel had received an inheritance of land except the Levites. They were to serve as priests daily in the tabernacle and subsequently the temple before the Lord and the people, a grueling and thankless job at times. 
God had promised to take care of them and their families were fed from the offerings that were brought before the Lord to the tabernacle or temple. God does not do anything second rate. When he makes a promise, the fulfillment will be above and beyond. He states in Leviticus chapter 2 verse 13, And every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with salt, neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from the meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt, as well as in Numbers chapter 18 verse 19, all the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer unto the Lord have I given thee and thy sons and thy daughters with thee by a statue forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord unto thee and to thy seed with thee. Salt is a priceless commodity. It could not be replaced by anything else and it gave flavor to everything it was put on. It made the food that was offered that the priests would be eating tastier and preserved it in the desert climates they were in. And it was a representation of something that would be everlasting. Job stated in Job chapter 6 verse 6, Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? Rhetorical questions, of course. Food needs salt to be flavorful, and since this was the Levites' inheritance, why would God offer them something second-rate or less than best? He would not. He always gives His children the absolute best. Luke chapter 10 verse 7 tells us that the laborer is worthy of his hire. There is also a second side lesson in this for those offering something to the Lord. Do not give Him your leftovers. Give Him your best your first fruits. Do not skimp on the salt. God in turn makes a covenant of salt with the throne of David forever. And on one occasion, Abijah of Judah, of which David was a descendant, got up in the midst of a battle where Jeroboam rose up against Solomon, son of David, to remind them of this. In Second Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5, he stated, Ought ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom of Israel to David forever, even to him and to his sons, by a covenant of salt? When his declaration was over, they disregarded his words and proceeded to attack anyway. However, God was on the side of Judah, as Abijah had exhorted, and he fought the battle for them, slaying 500,000 men that day thus reconfirming the covenant of salt with the tribe of Judah. However, we know that this holds even greater significance to us today. The covenant of salt continued that day in Bethlehem with the Christ child that was born of the tribe of Judah and of the house of David. Our Savior was the fulfillment of that everlasting promise. In Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33, an angel is letting Mary know that she will have a child and letting her know the significance of this miracle. He said, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. 
And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. God had made a covenant of salt with David, that his kingdom would never end. The covenant continues today because Jesus arose from the grave and is alive forevermore. We are also privileged to be a part of that salt covenant. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 tells us, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. To keep our savor and effectiveness in this world, we must be in constant contact with the one whose salt covenant has no end, Jesus Christ. He is the one who preserves us and gives us the ability to bring salt, flavor, and thirst for living waters to this world daily. If we are professing to have what people need and they try out what we are offering and find that there is no flavor in it, they will just move on. Mark chapter 9 verse 50 tells us to keep that saltiness. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost his saltiness, wherewith will we season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. We must first preserve ourselves before we can have anything to offer to others. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 states, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. As salt is harvested from a source, we must be connected to the source to maintain our effectiveness as the salt of the earth. That source is Jesus and we get our salt mining instructions from his word. Remember when we are offering Jesus to the world, he is a priceless commodity. There is nothing better or more precious that we can offer them. The covenant of salt and the promises of God live on through us, and they are everlasting. Do not skimp on the salt. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.